Welcome to the Law Firm Growth Podcast, where we share the latest tips, tactics, and strategies for scaling your practice from the top experts in the world of growing law firms. Are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jan Roos, and I am here with a very, very important episode that is a follow-on from last week's episode, and that is how to use technology, how to use your CRM to actually make sure that your intake process is being followed in five not easy but simple steps. So anyways, there's a lot of law firm owners that are completely in the dark about what their staff is like actually doing. And it's something that we've been seeing in the wild for close to a decade at this point. And honestly, the technology and the access to technology and, and people's attitudes towards technology has changed a lot. But in spite of that, we still see people having no idea sitting on these fantastic tools and having pretty much no difference than where people were at 10 or 20 years ago without any of these tools in terms of actually understanding what's getting done. And the reason why is because technology is, is really only potential power. Even if you have a bulletproof process and you've got fantastic training and education for your staff and that kind of stuff, it's only potential. But what it takes to turn that potential into real tangible results, and when we're talking about intake process, that means a higher return on investment for however it is that you're marketing, it actually comes down to making sure that people are doing the process. And in kind of the greater business world, this is known as you know accountability stuff. And it's one of those words that's really, really simple, but the longer I kind of go in this journey, the more I realize that it really is one of the most important things when it comes to scaling past the small firm level and into the higher echelons of eight, nine figures plus. But saying, talking about accountability and ensuring accountability is actually something that's happening within your firm is, is a huge gap. But that's what we're going to talk about today. So first thing I want to talk about is having a CRM, right? So if we're going to be taking track of intake stuff, we need to know what's happening. And I actually had a whole podcast on the difference between CRM and practice management. I'll get a link to that in the show notes. But basically, a CRM is something that lives between the first contact that a prospect has with you and when you eventually sign them on as a client. In general, a lot of the stuff about practice management, generally, in my opinion, is stuff that happens after you sign them as a client and taking them through to the point where their case is closed with you. And generally, they're, they're kind of overbuilt for CRM stuff. It's really, really gunky if you have every single person that's contacted your firm in a practice management software. And generally, CRMs are kind of underdeveloped for the actual you know, substantive law that has to take place after the signing of a client. But basically, I will define a CRM if you don't have the ability to track every single interaction in between the point that they first contact your firm and when they sign as a client, if you don't have something that covers all of those, you're not in control of the process. And that means every single lead that's coming in, phone calls, email, Facebook Messenger. And that also means all the different channels that people can contact you in. So phone calls, huge one, obviously, making sure those are able to be recorded with the appropriate disclosures in two-party states, making sure that you're able to track every SMS, email, and basically every other way that a client can contact your firm. So we need to make sure that we have 100% capture on every lead source, as well as every channel that somebody can potentially contact. So we have the whole picture. Because basically, and I can tell you this from experience, the devil's advocate position from somebody who's trying to be a stick in the mud is, oh, well, I, I couldn't find John Doe's contact information, so I just called him on my cell phone. And then you know, now you're basically off the reservation. There's no way to actually verify what's going on. So 
if you want to expect perfect action out of your staff, you need to make sure that your system is perfect so you don't have any of those devil's advocate situations. And basically, if there's a lot of ways to, to leverage this. And again, I'm pretty CRM agnostic. But if your system can't do that, you need to figure out a way to get it to do that. And if you don't have the ability to do that within the system you have, you probably need a new system. So the first thing, just as far as table stakes to showing up for this, is making sure you can track every single person that's coming into your firm and making sure you can track every single interaction until that person becomes a client. Step one. Step two is making sure that people know how to use your CRM and making sure that you're setting expectations for that. So you got to train your staff that pretty much goes without saying, and usually it shouldn't take too long. Uh, for the most part, you're going to have to show them how to make phone calls, you know, send text messages, emails, that kind of thing, pipelines, updating notes, that kind of stuff. This is usually not something that takes more than half an hour, an hour. And I've seen the insides of tons of CRMs. The more important part, in my opinion, is, is setting expectations around that. So I usually set this up front as a policy. I'll just tell you how we do it in case you'll. So whenever I have new hires or you know, if, we, if we ever change process, we have to reset expectations when we move over to a new process. And whenever I hire somebody on, you know, this is, I'm not really managing this directly, but you know, when I used to run the sales team for, for KCL, I always used to tell every direct report, I have only three rules, right? The first one is never lie to me. Second one is never fake your numbers. And the third one is that if it didn't happen in the CRM, it didn't happen, period. And my follow on to that is like, I'll, I'm going to give you one warning on this, period. And the second time we have to talk about this conversation about being lied to, it's, it's fireable. This happens to be a pet peeve of mine, but generally, I think it's useful to be able to trust people. I don't know how you could continue to work with somebody after they've lied to you. And I, I really do think misrepresentation is lying in a lot of different situations, but I think it's really important to set those expectations. And I'll get back to that in a little bit. But I also think on a positive sense, it's really important to set up why you're tracking these numbers as well. And you want to give reasons for this. And this is the reasons why you guys should be doing this in the first place. If your intake process is dialed in, you're going to be making more money for everybody. If you have staff that's overwhelmed, this is going to quantitatively show that that's the case. And it's going to help us plan for hiring and that kind of stuff. If we get you in control of the calls that you're making and you feel like you are in the driver's seat with the outcomes that you're being held to, you're going to feel a sense of agency and you're going to be feeling good about your job. And then finally, it's, it's super key to skills development. So I always try to frame this as what's happening, you know, what is the benefit for the staff when we're going to get these things tracked? But we're going to kind of get to how we're using this data towards the end. Third step, verify that people are using it. So my favorite way to do this is depending on what your cadence is. And I would say when you have decent amount of volume, it's worth having a 15 minute stand up meeting daily. But in worst case scenario, if you have something that's weekly, we want to make sure that we're going over numbers and we're pulling up the CRM and going to an activity tab. And this is something you should have in a CRM if you don't, again, probably get a different system. But when we're doing this consistently in public with the team, it sets the precedent that these numbers are being monitored, right? And it's kind of like that old metaphor of the panopticon, right? They know that if they have to do all their work in the CRM and that the CRM can get pulled up at all times, then they sort of start to self-monitor. Another thing that you can actually do to get on that trend is, is actually have them self-monitor, have them self-report their numbers. And, you know, just for example, you could have a end of day Google form or type form or, you know, even an email that they send to the manager that's saying how many dials they make, how many people they spoke to, how many consultations they set, et cetera. So, you know, this becomes super useful in and of itself as time goes on because 
it just saves you a lot of time for tracking. You don't have to hire, you know, spend time yourself or hire a sales ops, hire again. These are actually things that become sense to outsource when you get to the point where you have dozens of people on a team. But when you have the numbers out front of you and they're coming really quickly, then that gives you the ability to move those numbers. And over time, it takes you out of the process where you have to manually verify. So, you know, basically we can go ahead and, and add that to the step if we have something like that in place as a precedent. So we can pull up a team member self-reported numbers and count them against the activity that you actually see in the CRM. And, you know, hopefully they match up. And especially in the early days, if they don't match up, it's probably a misunderstanding, which is going to become a training opportunity. But if it isn't, and it is a purposeful obfuscation, that's what the next step is for. And that's step four, which is enforce standards if your policy is broken. So there's a quote that I heard that was attributed to Teddy Roosevelt's father. And I heard about this from Charlie Mann because he was he was reading uh, Teddy Roosevelt's biography. And he said, Teddy Roosevelt's father said that you basically make a rule twice. So once when you say the rule and once when people see what happens when they break the rule. And it's something to, to stew on for a little bit. I've actually been thinking about this, this concept a lot since I heard it. But for the purpose of this discussion, none of the systems that you set up and none of the expectations that you set matter if nothing happens when you break them. Just think about it, right? So I kind of mentioned my one strike policy on this. And again, I genuinely think that faking numbers on this stuff is lying. And I have fired people over this. I'm not joking. I, I've fired people over this, uh, not specifically for sales roles, for other roles, but people need to know that this is, this is real. I don't think you necessarily have to fire people for them to take you seriously, but you need to be ready to. And I also know like it's tough to find good people these days, but I just can't really compute the alternative. If you have staff that's lying to you, that's not a good person to have working at your company. And practically speaking, it's going to be impossible to measure your intake activity if the numbers can't be trusted or they're not being filled. And by extension, it's going to be impossible to manage the activity if you don't know what the numbers are. So at the end of the day, this is a must have. If you are interested in moving the needle forward on the return on investment that you're making from any marketing that you're doing, you need to make sure this stuff is enforced and you need to have consequences if it's not being done. And again, there's other things that you can do short of firing people, uh, you know, beyond the scope of this podcast with you know, incentives, disincentives, that kind of stuff. But just make sure that you're enforcing the activity that you're saying is a must. Otherwise, it's not a must at the end of the day. So the fifth and final step is providing consistent feedback and positive reinforcement. And this is what we're actually going to get to doing stuff with these numbers. And again, if you remember to set an expectation back in step two of what was going to happen with these numbers, you got to follow through because they're expecting to get something out of the investment of time, whether it's sending that email, filling out that form, making sure they're calling people in the CRM as opposed to their cell phone. They want to get something out of this. And again, your firm is actually going to get the most out of this at this step too. So one of the ways I like to do this is when we're on that daily or weekly huddles is doing a little hot seat, right? So ask if anyone had a tough call that they want some help with. And you know, if no one volunteers, just pick someone. But you can either listen to the call or talk to them about what ended up happening on the call and see if the team has any feedback on how they would do it. And if they don't, add your own feedback, right? I'm kind of talking about this in the context of a small team. But again, you can do this with one employee. You can do this with yourself, you know, if you want to review your own calls. And at the end of the day, you want to give that person one single thing that they can do differently next time that problem comes up and then just observe how things change. There's nothing more empowering than making a change in your process and seeing a positive result. I think it's, this is one of the biggest virtuous cycles that you can have in business 
And it's incredible for employer retention and bottom line. And when we talk about stuff like intake, these are historically high turnover positions. But what I think is beautiful about intake and, and the general sales function within the greater business world is that you have immediate feedback. You can literally get a piece of feedback in one day and be able to employ it the next day. It's not like these things take six or 12 months to come into effect. And you get to take advantage of that when you're working with this stuff. That's why I love it so much. But people genuinely, and this is my honest belief that like everyone wants to be good at their job. And even if they're not passionate about legal intake, and I hope they are, but again, it's not everyone's cup of tea. It's hard not to like something that you're good at. And it's even harder to like something that you're getting better at. It gives people a rush. It's what we like to do as human beings. And sometimes you just need a tiny shift to make a difference. Like, you know, I actually use the same process as far as giving the one piece of feedback when I'm working with private clients in consultation closing training. I just have a recent example that comes to mind. We had a guy, he was in a sales slump. That's why he hopped on the call. And I gave him one piece of feedback and the structure of how he was setting up his onboarding calls for clients and asking for the money. He ended up closing seven consultations in a row after that. Sometimes it's just that tiny, uh, I think Molly McGrath calls this a two millimeter shift. It can make all the difference. And again, you get to use it right away if we're talking about intake. And again, it's everywhere in this process. Or sometimes you just need to be an outside observer because when people are going through these calls all the day, it's, it's kind of hard to see the label from inside the bottle, which, uh, you know, so to speak, right? But again, even if, if that's not enough, uh, sometimes you, you know, a little expertise will help. And if you need help with any pro tips on how to fix any stage of your intake process, I'll do a shameless plug for my book, Beyond Intake. And you can go ahead and get that beyondintakebook.com. But basically, that's the last step. Take those numbers, use them, help people help themselves, do better at their jobs, do better at their company, and then make you more money and make everyone a happier camper at the end of the day. But it all comes from actually doing the work. And those are the five steps that actually get people to implement an intake process. And like I said, there's just way too many people who sign up for a fancy CRM or, or practice management system, and they think that their work is done. The tech doesn't do it for you. The process doesn't do it for you. Going to some rah-rah event and having it on your you know, legal pad that you brought there and leaving it in your desk is not going to do it. It's all potential energy until you make it real through accountability and making people do stuff. And once you have this stuff set up, you are in control of what your numbers are going to be. And that's ultimately what gets you an ROI and that can help your firm scale, no matter what kind of marketing you are. This stuff is a rising tide that lifts all ships. So anyways, I hope this stuff was useful, guys. Think about how you can hold yourself or your team accountable until our next episode. And I'll see you next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Eastern on the Law Firm Growth Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. For show notes, free resources, and more, head on over to casefuel.com slash podcast. Looking forward to catching up on the next episode.